0: Look it down at the uh, corner of the slow down, to start.
1: we What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in for yet another episode. We've got a good one in store. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes every Friday. And if you want to find a free way to support the show, you can go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes and click the five stars and write the podcast a review that is super helpful in shooting the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts and making the show more nationally visible and uh, helping strangers find the podcast as well as just giving more exposure to the uh, the people that come on the podcast so we can uh, share their music and their art with uh, more people around the globe. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, thanks to the longtime listeners out there. We're, we're cruising in to about the 120 episode mark. We got episode 119 here for you today, which I'm stoked for. We got a great conversation with uh, return guest of the podcast, Karen Ann, and uh, we will get into that momentarily. Just want to uh, shout out a couple calendar dates. Uh, if you're listening to this on release day, July thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth, over at Kelly's Olympian, Brother Not Brother is playing there with uh, the Jack Maybe Project. So two past guests and uh, friends and fam of the podcast are, are playing there tonight. So that's where I will be. You can find me there, and uh, hope to see some of you all out there. The Jack Maybe Project is is such a cool band to see live, and they're they're playing as a ten piece tonight over there at kelly's so don't miss that and hammerhead is opening up the night so they're kicking things off at nine o'clock sharp and uh yeah hope to see some some friendly faces over there other than that we got high mind monday uh the high mind collective has got their monthly residency at the alberta street pub filled with uh, all kinds of Hip hop and uh, things of that nature going on. It's a free show there. Um, it's their Monday takeover of the Alberta Street Pub. And it's also the debut performance of Cloud Castle, which is uh, Josh Fiji's uh, project that he started. Uh, Fiji of Adverse Effects, who's been on the podcast before, it is him and uh, uh, Benjay, who's uh, a very talented producer and uh, also bass player for adverse effects so stoked to uh see what that is like in the live setting uh you can check out fiji's most recent single the the cloud castle single that they put out anime and sushi which is uh seems to be having quite the response on the uh, on the soundcloud last time i saw it was up over thirty thousand plays which is pretty great for a song that has only been out for a month or so so uh much love to them and, uh, man, this is a great conversation with Karen. We, we got into some things about mindfulness and, uh, a common thing that, that seemed to show up was this whole idea of getting out of your own way as a, as a creative person. And, uh, you know, I made a post, a couple posts last week about Episode 118 kind of being this mark of two straight years of putting an episode out, an episode out every Friday. And um, one of the threads that I posted in, it got a response of, uh, oh, man, that's great. I'm in, I've been in a funk for a while and and haven't put out anything. And um, I don't want to discredit anybody's funk or, or the way they're feeling. I know the the darkness and the the depression uh can be real and i have experienced it and uh definitely experienced my my fair shares of of ups and downs um so i don't want to be insensitive to uh you know that person that that posted that but i feel like you know you uh you shouldn't not create things cuz you're you're feeling that way, you know. I I think I think a good way sometimes out of those things in fact is to do something you love and and as much as this can be a a grind in some way, I I guess that's not a great thing to call it. Um this takes work to put out an episode every Friday. I'm not, And, and I'm not saying I, I invest hours upon hours every week to, to put something out, but I do um, put in the energy to, to schedule something, a conversation, make sure that happens, and make sure that there's an episode every Friday. But I do that because I enjoy doing so. And it makes me feel good. And I feel like it's one of those things that really helps me rise above any of the the negative thoughts that i'm having and and seems to cancel out a lot of that energy so you know if you're i talked about kind of struggling a couple weeks ago and and feeling like i was burnt the fuck out but i realized that you know it's definitely not this podcast that, that is keeping me burnt out like this is this is one of the things that is is continuing to to refuel me. So you know, if you're feeling down, try to gravitate towards something that that picks you up. And I saw the rapper Blueprint recently and he was talking about if you if you kind of see your your art and your passion as a grind, maybe maybe you're not that passionate about it if you if you're seeing it, you know, as this big obstacle in front of you maybe just you know try to take the the time to think about what you love to do and why you were doing it in the first place because i i started this podcast because i thought it was going to be fun you know and that's still why i do it because I, i think it's it's very enjoyable it challenges me to to have more conversations with strangers and also uh further explore relationships and um i just thinking there's there's something powerful about about sitting down and and having a conversation face to face with somebody especially you know in the in the digital age where we spend a lot of time texting and uh and, and things of that nature but yeah to to all the people you know that are if you're struggling out there you know just just try to do the things that fill your cup and um just know that that putting it off and and seeing other people do the things that you want to be doing is is just going to put you further into that hole I think and one of the great things about kind of making this this weekly commitment to myself about putting this podcast is is that I don't want to let myself down, and I and I think once you kind of put those markers up for yourself, and and you achieve them, then you start to feel proud of yourself and like you can do something. So I'm not trying to you know jump up on a, a soapbox or anything. Uh, I'm just you know I I feel you if you're struggling, but. I feel like if you can, uh, get on the right side of, of, of some discipline, it will, it will make you feel better about that funk that you're in. And, um, and my, by no means am I, you know, doing things perfectly or, or not struggling in other aspects. You know, my, like, I, I feel like my life is as much of a mess as anybody's, but you know, I'm uh I'm doing this thing. And I'm and I continue to learn so much by doing this thing. And, and I think uh this conversation was a great example of of why I really dig doing this podcast. Um Karen Karen came on the podcast for episode eight so early on and um I listened back to the episode before I had this conversation with her and I was far from impressed with my, uh, my skills to facilitate a conversation. And it was, it was my goal. Uh, My challenge for myself this week in this episode was to, you know, find a way to facilitate a better conversation. And, um, Karen was just great. And I had this, this very cool, hang with her and like i said we we dive into some mindfulness um some some process stuff navigating social media and um as well as talking about her new record which is dropping on june 27th july 27th i'm sorry we're already past june <laughs> july 27th and uh she's got a killer album release show going on at the mission theater on july 26th it's a uh, it's a triple release show. Karen is releasing her record. Haley Johnson, who will be on this podcast soon, is um, releasing some tunes of her her own, also releasing some singles. And then Leo London of The Domestics, who are an incredible local Portland band, is uh, releasing a solo record that night as well. So There's lots to be excited about. Um, It's going to be an incredible show. And if I wasn't going to be in Wisconsin on that day, I would be at this show. So uh, I hope that you go out and you support Karen's new record, which is called Be Loud. And uh, we're going to kick off this episode, episode 119, people. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much to all the people that have been on board for a long time, whether it's from the beginning or maybe you're... 20 to 50 episodes deep even uh, it's crazy to see the numbers grow and i i really try not to pay attention too much to those daily numbers of of who has downloaded but there is this email that i get every week at the end at the end of the week i get this this email that gives me a, a total number of you know downloads and plays and whatnot and um, it's cool to see that there is this this climb happening and it seems that you know we're we're moving on up as far as building this community, so shout out and much love to all the listeners out there. It's cool to know that there's, you know, maybe a couple hundred, some hundreds of people listening to this podcast on the regular every week. and uh, I, uh, I'm super grateful for, for all of you for checking it out. And uh, I hope you've all written your iTunes reviews you know if you're in if you're in this deep you might as well write the review so that it keeps on going and we keep getting not only some more great local artists but we can get some some bigger national touring artists on the show as well which is which is always quite a pleasure so we're gonna stop you up top you can find me at Dan cable presents on uh, Instagram at Dan cable on Twitter send me an email at Dan cable presents at gmail.com there's no at at the beginning because you know that already because emails don't come with the at sign up top there's a website Dancablepresents.com. check out the youtube channel subscribe across the board let more people know what's going on here and uh, we're kicking it off with a jam off of karen's new record this is a song you can find everywhere already it's one of the singles off of it and uh, it's called be still Is that your favorite part of the shows usually? It's having to do the mic check. Yeah. Do you try to be pretty creative about it?
2: Yeah, I end up usually um going check one, two, nine, four, just random numbers out of order. Um, but no one seems to catch that humor because it's not really obvious. But
1: <laughs> I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> My friend Fiji often uh just like shouts out different vegetables and ways to cook them, which I always find. Very uh, r- very fun.
2: Brings to mind the Dana Carvey special where he's like the bra he's singing the song about the broccoli.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just watched that behind the Dana Carvey show documentary. It's pretty, oh yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> All the stuff that they were doing at the that time is is pretty pretty wild what they were putting on, just like national television.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a funny guy.
1: Um, it's been a hot minute since uh, since I've seen you, but also since you've been on this podcast. Yeah. It's been like over two years. Yeah, before, it has. And you were episode eight, one of the early ones. I was listening back to that a little bit, and... Uh, it's very cringeworthy from my standpoint. Oh, I mean, Your tunes like are great. sonically, like
2: no, audio no. Or? no, no,
1: no. Just just the, uh, the the conversation that I was facilitating at that, that uh, point in time. I was pretty new to doing this. So oh. well, I'm hoping to improve upon that <laughs> with this one, but um, What yeah. episode
2: are we on now? What episode? You're going to be
1: this? this one is going to be episode 119. Okay. And the first one was episode 8 that you were all right. on. So hundred
2: and 111.
1: Yeah. I (laughs) go. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, um, yeah, you're about to put that, this new record out, be loud. And you were like, at that point you were just about to put out that live secret society record, which came out pretty cool.
2: Yeah. That was a while ago.
1: And it seems like since then you've been kind of making more efforts to play with, more of a band behind you if possible i don't know yeah. if that's still the mentality at this point
2: yeah i mean i'm still playing solo stuff just depending on the venue um uh i've been playing with the the colin trio um as the backing band uh, uh colin hogan and brian link from that band and then chao larcombe um and then with mark voted on guitar and uh it's been it's so much fun playing with them. Like, um, they're just like super nice, talented, like easy to get along with folks. And, you know, you think that is not like, I don't know. Sometimes people just don't realize how hard that can be to find (laughs) people that you mesh well with. Um, so yeah, I'm playing a lot with them and we're actually going to be doing um, a week, about a week or so, a little less, about six six or so days uh, on tour, uh, doing a band tour this, this fall for something different.
1: Nice. Yeah, I think particularly finding people when it's not necessarily like a band where it's just like an artist that's trying to find a band to mm-hmm. back them. Yeah. I can imagine that that's not easy at all just because you have to find people that can kind of just learn your songs before you even get in a room with them and then
2: yeah well that's the thing they they do their homework and that was like the best like that was it kind of i was like it kind of caught me off guard because i was like wait what (laughs) like we had to run through the song and you like know the chords and like it was great like first practice i was like so this is what it feels like. <laughs> like, it was great. They're, they're so, they're awesome. They're great people to hang out with too, even when not will play music.
1: Yeah. And it's exciting when you get to have musicians like join your thing that you already respect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not some like Craigslist, Craigslist finds. You know? Oh yeah.
2: I've, I haven't done that in many years.
1: <laughs> not that those aren't successful. Sometimes, you know, I've heard a lot of, A lot of bands actually that have been on here have talked about Craigslist, bringing them together.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's what's interesting is like Craigslist is kind of like you send out an email and you get emails back from all these people. And because the Portland music scene is so like, it seems like it's interconnected. Like you meet one person and you meet another person, they're eventually going to know somebody that you already know. And so you just like created this like spider web of like musicians that are just like, they're just like, oh, you know that person. Like, oh, and that person seems like everybody knows each other. Yeah.
1: It's always kind of mind-blowing to me, though, when I discovered that there are still all these other pockets of it. Yeah. And I haven't discovered yeah. it. And I'm just, people throw out these names, and I'm just like, nope. I don't yeah. know anyone you're talking about yeah. right now or any of these band names. And,
2: and it's all fueled by Facebook.
1: I Facebook think it, is, oh, man. <laughs> I
2: think it is because they 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 basically partition. They allocate groups, like, on Facebook. So you can't, like, you know, you always see the same person's things. That shit yeah. is garbage now. Yeah, it's it, garbage.
1: It's, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty done with it. Like, I don't even know some, t- like, I don't know. I think often I don't even know if it's worth even sharing like the posts for the new episodes. I feel like that's how I use it. Mostly is just to be like, Hey, I I dropped a new episode this week Mm -hmm. and it's nice to be able to tag whoever was the guest on the episode, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be that successful of a thing anymore, unless you're willing to put money into it. Yeah. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. And and you do see the same people shit all the time.
2: Yeah. Um, So it's, like, I feel like every time I go on Facebook, I'm, like, looking for things that are, like, obscure to click on so that I can, like, repopulate my logarithm and just get a different vibe going. Yeah. (laughs) Like, go down the rabbit hole of, like, something that you're, like, I hate this, but I have to do this to, like, get variety.
1: (laughs) Well, it just becomes, like, an echo chamber, right? Like, for the most part, you know, it's just feeding you the things you want to see also. Yeah. The things that you want to bitch about are sliding right in so you can... Yep. Um, I know one of the things you've been doing a lot of these like little morning riff videos... Yeah. On like Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you feel like the social media age, though, as, as an artist forces you to be creative in that way and try to find something that's going to grab people's attention?
2: Well, yeah, because, I mean... Uh, like, social media is a very important part as far as marketing yourself as an artist. But with Facebook out of the window, like, Instagram's the new Facebook um, per, like, what all the high school kids are saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's hip. It's the hip thing. So, yeah, I've been doing the morning riffs, um, not only for, like, social media content, but for, like, just kind of, like, engaging my brain in a creative, in a creative way just t- to kind of, like... Um, escape, like, the monotony of, like, oh, what am I going to do today? Oh, I'm going to send emails, booking emails, or, like, like, because it just turns into this, like, big, giant puddle of, like, this amorphous puddle of, like, sending emails and being like, oh, who do I send this to? Or, like, just trying to organize anything on a screen. It's just your brain just is, like, my brain just, like, gets sick of it. So, yeah, I started doing those um, just because I'm kind of in this, like, creative, like, dry spell and, um, like, for my own mental health to, like, feel like I'm kind of just, I don't know, getting getting out of the way of myself as far as, like, being creative. Um, and I feel like that's a very common um, sentiment as far as what's going on in music I feel like there are a lot of artists not just in Portland but probably everywhere that are feeling this anxiety to like share uh share stuff like have content have video and have all this stuff and blast it in your face and like me 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 look at me look at me but it's like you get you just get sucked into this like vortex of like tunnel vision and like you start to break yourself down because you're like almost in this competition and you're like trying to like be like, oh, I should do this, what this person's doing. It's really cool. It's just when you forget to just do you, you know, like I'm going to do what I do and like have fun with it. Like you're losing, you're not having fun. Like I wasn't having fun. So um, I just wanted to do that to have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's just difficult to find a balance, I think. Sometimes with all the social media, it's very overwhelming. Yeah, and it makes you feel like you should be sharing everything. Also, and I don't know. Sometimes it's just gotta like check yourself. And be like, yeah, I don't need to take a photo of this right now, or yeah. like share what I'm doing right now. I can just uh, maybe have this one for me and the yeah. uh, the people that I'm here with. But it's also this other thing where you know everybody does have the platform, so to some degree it makes it this level playing field if we all can you know shed a light on what we're doing more easily mm-hmm. obviously some have more followers to what they're doing but there's also that that pressure to have a presence so maybe you can like monetize what you're doing in some way to make it more yeah. sustainable and things like that so i think it's just overwhelming to to find a balance so
2: Well, my biggest thing is like, you know, I want to like, uh, is like share other people's content, like go and like make it not about yourself. But like, even in that sense, when you're, when you are sharing somebody else's stuff, you're doing it because you want people to look at you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, deep down, that's sort of like the, the layer beneath like, yeah, I want to share this person's stuff because I like their stuff. But like at the same time, like... You're like, I'm doing this to like get more traffic on my site. So there is that um almost like a selfish sense in there and like like kind of taking that in and like kind of accepting that you're like I'm being selfish by doing this. Like it can be it can it can it can get to you after a while and like I know like when I go out to shows, like my my inkling is to like you know, take a, you know, fifteen second Instagram video and then like put it up on Instagram and like tag the person. Um what it's like. Am I then am I am I actually engaged in their music or am I just like, oh I need to put them up on my you know Yeah. So. I think
1: a lot of times though it does come from the genuine feeling of wanting to be like, yo, I'm I'm here and you should be here too. You should be and and you kind of want i don't know it's cool after a show sometimes to to come back to your your instagram (laughs) tags and be like oh cool some people took videos of me playing like oh yeah that's very cool that like some people actually thought this was worth sharing with the people who aren't here so there's Mm -hmm. like that aspect of it too but but yeah you you also are drawing attention to yourself like i'm at this thing yeah (laughs) Yeah, And I'm not exactly being present in it, but I do have this video to show you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and, like, I forgot what I was going to say. I had an interesting point, but I can't remember. But, yeah, I just... Yeah, it's like, when do you... It's like, knowing when do I put my... When do I put just put my phone down and listen? And when do I post something? It's like... Yeah, I just... I get caught in that mentality where I'll like I'll be like, Oh, I forgot to do that. Ah no <laughs> Like I'm like, Oh man. Um, yeah. I just trying to be aware, like I almost like I take it in sometimes. It's like a it's like a, almost like I feel it's a missed opportunity for something, um for for that person to like have their stuff shared. And like I get down on myself when I'm like, oh, I forgot to do social media. I'm hor- I'm horrible. I'm but, horrible. But
1: also like you know who showed up to that show. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You know, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that's where people really appreciate like aside from the, you tagging them in a video like. Yeah. People are usually genuinely pretty pretty gracious when you show up to something for them and whatnot yeah um but i think that's cool that you're you know using that that morning riff or however you choose to play it out like i think it's cool that yeah it's it's maybe a look at me thing but also you're you're showing your creative process a little bit and basing it around the art that you're actually trying to promote and not just like I'm in a park today, hanging out. Well, it's
2: not necessarily, like, me trying to, like, draw attention to myself. It's, like, more, like, I'm doing this for myself. Like, I I don't want... I'm just doing it for sake of doing something that's, like, stable. Like, finding some sort of stability. Like, anything you do in the morning, like, a routine you have, like, kind of, like, helps you maintain, like, your mental health and, like, just kind of feel like this is my morning now i can start my morning like just like eating breakfast or whatever you do in the morning and sometimes i don't even do it in the morning (laughs) i just like i've been just depends on
1: what i got in the morning it was was a late afternoon morning yeah yeah yeah. that still works you know yeah and i don't know i would imagine that's just a good practice for you to have to for your songwriting like even if you feel like there's nothing there yeah just to To sit down with it and and see if you can grind something out.
2: Yeah. And just, like, kind of taking video of it is how you capture, like, your ideas anyway. Like, I mean, I just sit right in the corner and play. And I'm also doing it just to explore, like, the electric guitar more, too. Um, Just because it's way easier to play finger wise.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah. Is it something that you've been messing around with a lot lately? Yeah.
2: I just kind of, I don't know. I'm just feeling like I'm going, I'm trending towards more like less folky and more like a rock, more of a rock undertone, like pop soul rock kind of soul, like vibe. Um, But I'm all, I'm kind of all over genres. I like, I don't, I'll jump around and, like, I'll play. Like, some of my, like, folky stuff might sound better on electric guitar. So I'm just trying to play with, like, different tones and, um, yeah, just kind of, like, in- expand and um, see what my mind and my fingers can kind of create outside of the norm of what I normally do.
1: Yeah. So you're exploring maybe some older songs too, like and see how they might evolve, like, yeah, on I an have, electric guitar and and, and
2: yeah, and I like uh, I have like some of the riffs that I've played are ri- like things that I've written that I've had for many years that just have been put back. They're just in a closet. I don't have them recorded anywhere either. So it's like I'm gonna do that one today so that I have a record of that so I don't forget it. Um, maybe use that for a little for a little later because you know I might go back you know in like a month and see like two riffs where I'm like oh those could go together you know and like piece together a song just from this exercise that I'm doing in the
1: morning solid discipline <laughs> <laughs> um, do you feel like like the Be Loud record that you're about to put out like represents that like the sound that that you're most excited about
2: Mm. yeah um it's very it's it's very i wouldn't say different but it's a little more like eclectic compared to like my end of the depths album or my live album um we tracked uh full band for the most part live um with minimal dubbing we we dubbed in like electric guitars and like harmony vocals and stuff um but other than that we tracked drums, piano, uh, organ and bass all together. Um, over at 8 a- a- ball before it, um before Naomi and Rob um pieced out to New Mexico. But um yeah, it's it's just got a very like solid mix of like kind of like piano ballady, like love songs. And then like more like ballad, like rock, like rock anthems on the piano. Um, And then there's like some funky, like dancey stuff. Um, And then there's like the tune, My Dreams. And that's just like a riff. I mean, um, a waltz that's like kind of like Fiona Apple inspired. So, um, yeah, it's just a very big, different mix of stuff.
1: Yeah. It definitely seems to be this different energy that's that's being tapped into and like to the fray. Like that's a fat R&B jam. Yeah. yeah. That's got like this huge groove on it and
0: it's got the horns. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very cool. And, um, did you write a majority of the, the songs on the piano? This um
2: pretty much the ones that I play piano are the ones that I wrote on piano okay. so um like be still and um, there's a song called uh seems like forever but that's guitar but it has someone else is playing piano on it um, there's a song called they only have the stars to blame um, my dream so yeah the ones that I that are like mainly piano that I play piano on um, are ones I wrote on piano. And I didn't, I didn't really translate any of them from guitar or to piano or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is that's your first instrument, right? The, the piano.
2: Piano was my first, like I started playing that when I was maybe five and then I played violin and then I jumped to guitar when I was 14 and have played that since. Um, and then just within, you know, I think it was maybe five years ago, I started, like, tinkering around on the piano and coming up with stuff. And, um, yeah, I used to to babysit um, for this family, and they had a really nice grand piano. And so, like, um, when I would house-sit for them, when they went out of town, I would go over and just, like, play the piano and just, like, sit and write and... It was really, it was fun. Um, so, yeah, I just, getting back to the piano has been fun, kind of. As it definitely changes, you know, like, it ju- I jump on a different instrument. I change kind of, like, what I'm playing or, like, the vibe that I'm going for. I even, like, I think I even sing a little bit differently on piano. Um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would think, I would, that makes sense to me. I mean, even, I can only play guitar. I would imagine having like all like these different options to jump back from guitar to piano and even to the electric guitar just opens up this different toolbox of of writing. Yeah. And Yeah. I don't know, even singing over electric guitar always feels different to me than singing over acoustic like I feel like some some different things have to be done sometimes. Yeah.
2: I mean I'm like I'm really interested in kind of like getting some like Playing with like pedals and stuff, I gotta get like an amp and all that stuff. But yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know where to go with that. I'd probably do more of like my vibe is more like a rock blue, like rock soul blues. So I'd probably more like a jazzy kind of tone to the to the to the amp would be my vibe.
1: Yeah, I particularly dig the uh, the seems like forever and stars to play which you mentioned. A minute or so ago i i feel like that has like those phrasey ford and like jason isbell kind of vibes like a little more of the rootsy country stuff comes through a little bit yeah
2: there's like slide there's slide on them yeah um kind of the vibe we were going for was like like er, more earlier like susan tedeschi like kind of like soul soul like blues folk vibe those are kind of the yeah. vibe for those ones
1: i love it and like all the kind of big gospel background vocals that you yep. used all over the record yep that that alone kind of put this whole different character on the record I feel yeah like.
2: it's definitely like it's definitely much bigger like musically like like vocally and like all the instruments and like yeah it's definitely a, a big step up as far as like the production and, like, tracks and stuff like that.
1: Was that sort of your intent with it kind of going in? Is that what you wanted to do with this one?
2: Yeah, like, um, Seems Like Forever and uh, Stars to Blame, and uh, there's another one called Quiet Love that, like, I just wanted, like, these big choral-sounding, and like, anthem-type songs where it's, like... Um just gets really, it just gets really loud, big. And like, um, cause the idea behind the record is sort of like, like being intentional and like being loud and really like, you know, being loud with your voice, like not necessarily like screaming, but like
1: using your voice.
2: Yeah. Using your voice and saying what you feel and saying what you think. And, um, instead of kind of, you know, I don't know, being afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just think there's a lot of assumption that uh, as far as communication, like just a lot of people think that they uh are conveying like certain things that they that they don't so Yeah. You know, you just assume a lot of of people, I think, that that they Know what you're feeling, and it's just like, no, you didn't say anything, so yeah. I have no idea. Yeah,
2: well, I know I do this, and I'm sure I'm not alone in it. That I, um, my husband tells me this all the time when I'm like in my, like, oh, can't do it phase, and he's like, you know, you're just telling yourself stories, like, you are assuming these stories in your head are what people are thinking, and like, no. I, I just, I know, I know, I know I'm doing that. Like, but it, it's still like, it's like, it sucks you in somehow. Like it happens. Like, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that, that happens to where you're like, you just feel like giving up and like, no one like cares what you're doing or like, um, yeah, I blame social media. <laughs> I don't know. I think No, I blame myself. <laughs>
1: i think it's just also a thing of when you try to go out and do something on your own like this like that artist life yeah is uh is difficult in that way yeah you know because there's not there's just not always daily ways to measure any success and yeah it's not a steady thing and that's why i have so much respect for people that that just do that shit and then like cut the nine to five, you know, I'm still, <laughs> yeah. I'm still, you know, nursing that nine to five life living yeah. with that. Some, some stability in that way. But it also, I don't know. It just seems to create this different energy when you're grinding it out like that. But yeah, it's, it's, you, I don't know. You wake up plenty of days wondering what the fuck you're doing and like what yeah. impact it's having. But well,
2: you forget, you forget like what I, I mean, I forget like, what I'm doing. Like I haven't had a regular nine to five job for maybe five years now. And so it's like um it's very tough being poor. <laughs> Where you're like, I don't know. Um I kinda uh yeah, I just it's it's tough being poor and so you're like, I don't have the money to like go create a music video. Like I don't have the money to create this content that I need to get me these really nice gigs. So it's like it's like this catch 22 or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. you're like, I bleh, what do I do? Like
1: For sure. As like a DIY musician, you only have a certain amount of money you can budget for anything. Yeah. And it's hard to put a bunch of money into a PR campaign like knowing how much those are. Yeah. And by the same means like getting a music video made, which your "Be Still" video is rad. That came out so good. Thanks. Yeah, who did that?
2: Uh, Joshua Rivera, uh, Rollstar Productions.
1: Shout out to that fellow.
2: Yeah, he's awesome. He
1: did a great job, and it just—I just love that there's so many different locations on it. It just has yeah. so many different vibes on it because of that, and the Fix and Two specifically. I like that venue a lot. I think that's yeah. They one were of,
2: they were great. Um, they let us get in there and. Um, they let us use the space for free which is like sometimes can be difficult to find like a nice venue to like stage a concert um but um my husband was the one that like he came up with the whole story like kind of storyboarded um because he's a writer so he storyboarded the whole like sort of progression, like, starting out for me by myself and then adding in people and then finally the full band because the idea was, like, I wanted to, like, document the sort of the journey of a song from, like, me being, like, frustrated trying to be creative and then kind of, like, just at the end having this really cool concert with a bunch of fans that were having a good time and it was a lot of fun to do it. And my husband had found out all the locations and like organized all the extras. Like he was awesome.
1: Shout out Jude to Jude getting work (laughs) done. Um, that's cool. Like just the idea of, you know, showing it being created in your own personal space. And then that moment when you're sharing it with a bunch of people, Yeah. Is when you get to see it come to life and see if people dig it and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, um, Have you always been like pretty comfortable with sharing your tunes and kind of sharing your truth? Because it appears. (laughs) It appears. to I don't know. One thing I always dig about seeing you perform um, is that you just look so comfortable in that space. And I think it's it's just one of those things when somebody goes up there with that much confidence and that much ease, I think it puts the audience in that same space. And I would imagine it puts the same ease into the players if you're playing with other people on stage. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Just That's one of the things I always dig about you. It doesn't seem like... Like, you usually miss the mark at all. Like, any time I've seen you perform, it's just like, oh, man, just fucking crushing it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely, like... I I tend to get nervous when I get inside my head. Like, thinking about, oh, how am I going to explain this song? Or, like, what do I say to the audience? Or, like, how do I make myself sound cool? I mean, for lack of a better, you know, line, I just... I just get, when I get into my head and I start thinking about how I'm going to be perceived, that's when it all goes to shit. <laughs> um, and I I definitely try and, I, I try and be awkward. I try and be like a little like tell jokes or like just say random things. Like I'll be like, you know, sometimes you start sentences and you don't know where they're going. And I'll reference like Michael Scott from The Office or like because um, the whole vibe of, like, feeling intimate is, like, can be scary, but um, it really depends on the venue. Like, if I'm in a listening environment and I know people are there to listen, I'm more likely to um be calmer and, like, be like, this song, like, kind of explain what the songs or like, tell a story or that kind of stuff. It just really depends on the 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 audience and like the venue because it also depends on where my mind is like if I get to a show and I'm in a tizzy and my brain's like oh god I can't I'm like my I'm not focused or something like I can mess up and like I'll play my songs faster I'll just like I'll be singing a song and, and in my head while I'm singing it I'll be like this song is really fast going really five fast right now. I'm I can feel like my whole body, like, sh- like almost shaking and yeah. So yeah, I do get nervous. It's just, I try and hide it. Well
1: done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's hard to, when you walk into a show environment and things are chaotic for you outside of the music. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it makes it harder to settle into things when you're, just for like for anybody, like when you when you're going to do something super fun or something you find a lot of meaning in, even those things can I don't know yeah where feel your weird mental sometimes. state is
2: like where your mental state is like sometimes I'll be playing like this happened the other night at Alberta Alberta Street Pub for Alki Robotile's video release and like I'm sitting there playing my songs and I'm like starting to get like real I'm starting to get like really emotional. And I'm like, no, don't start crying <laughs> in the middle of the song because your voice cracks and like you just it like once it starts and just like it just happens and you like can't stop it. And so like I was just like fighting fighting that feeling and um yeah, I haven't completely figured out how to like Cause it's not it's not coming from a sad place that emotion. It's coming from like a very like like vulnerable state and you're like tapped you, into something. Yeah, yeah, and you like you want to share it, but at the same time you're like I want this to sound good. I don't want to yeah, like start sure. blubbering like. Yeah. So it's just
1: this other thing you have to find the balance with because like maybe you just let it go and you, yeah and, and it happens. But because then you're like trying not to do it. So I'm sure that takes you out of what you're doing a little bit.
2: Yeah. Because I mean, everybody has those songs, but they like, I don't know, I have a few songs that are like super personal and like, kind of like, I revert back to the moments where I started writing that song and like what my mental state was at that time. And so it throws you right back into that mental state and you're like, oh, you're like, oh, now I have to write this. I have to sing this song in this vulnerable mental state and like. I'm all by myself on a
1: stage. Yeah, and you're like almost <laughs> observing yourself like in that state yeah, too. You're yeah. just like trying to look back and you just like see yourself writing this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's the the difficult thing I think for for some of us, you know, when you do write stuff that's so personal. Yeah. Like sometimes you just you just go there when you when you're uh performing those songs, but I don't know. Seems to be something special in that as well, but it's definitely, uh can be a little emotionally ex- exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as, uh, as far as like your, your vocals, did that come pretty naturally for you at a young age? Did you just kind of start singing since you were sitting at the yeah, piano? Yeah, I mean,
2: I always kind of made up songs when I was a kid and, I sang in choir and just continued. And um, once I picked up the guitar, I started like learning. Like I was super into like Sarah McLachlan and Fiona Apple and a lot of like chick rock. The early like kind of like the mid mid nineties to like early two thousands. I was super Focus into like, like
1: Michelle Branch and Michelle Get
2: Branch Wild. and um, I can't even remember them now. Like but it wasn't until i uh until 2000 and like 7 or 2008 i heard susan Tedeschi for the first time and i was like oh she sat like i was like i recognized her tone and i was like wow i really sound like that cuz like i wasn't really looking for a comparison i don't like to compare vocals but she was the first person when i was like wow there is somebody else that sings like me cuz I just, I was like, oh, cool. I don't know. It just kind of caught me off guard, and I was like, sweet. So I, like, at the time, and then after I heard her, I moved to, I moved to Moab, and then I moved to Eastern Oregon, and I just was like, I would rock out to her, like, driving out in the country, because both of those places are pretty far removed to, from big cities, Um, and uh, I also discovered the Wood Brothers at that time, and they were like a big influence on like songwriting for me. They just really write really good songs. Um, so yeah, I just, I've always sang, um, you can definitely, it's really interesting to hear earlier recordings and then like where I am now, like my voice definitely has changed. Um, just within like, you know, the time I've been in Portland when I moved here in 2010, it's changed um it's got a lot more like blues and like rock sounding as opposed to like folky
1: yeah are you always trying to kind of challenge yourself to go go at different vocal approaches with songs and figuring out new ways to kind of attack a song
2: yeah um i definitely like to vocally improvise i do i like to do a lot of like i call them vocal riffs where i just my friend also calls them Ghibli Pops, but just kind of like, kind of like gliding up and down and playing with like different, um, vibrato and, um, yeah, just, I like to play around vocally, like tonally too, cause I, I'm not always aware of it, but I, I, I can sing differently depending on what kind of mood I'm in, um, or what. The, you know the intensity of the song is if it's like super mellow, I'll be more mellow in my voice and um I won't do as much as that that up and down in my voice and try and like do all these fancy vocal
0: hurdles,
1: yeah, so as far as like the live show, do you kind of like to implement that mentality of kind of just however you feel that night that's how you're gonna sing the song or are you I try mean to-
2: yeah, for the most part, I'll try and i'll I'll, I'll keep to like the basic melody yeah um and just depends on the structure of the song some of it allows for a little more um uh, it can be a little more goose loosey loose goosey on the vocals whereas other times like if i have like a bunch of five like three harmony singers i'm not gonna like change what i'm singing right <laughs> so i definitely explore that more when i'm playing solo I uh, sure. i'll play around with <laughs> like where i'm singing
1: i'm sure people would really appreciate that your backup singers if you just decided that you're gonna sing some different shit yeah
2: <laughs> what is she doing
1: <laughs> um you've been doing a decent amount of like dates outside of portland
2: yeah i've been trying to not play i'm not really playing much in portland um i did a big tour in june in like california nevada and um Trying to get some more dates over in, like, Washington. I played, yeah. in, I played over in Vancouver on Saturday night. Um, Portland's just hard to... Um, it's hard to get people out. Like, you know, it's hard to get love in your hometown, even though it exists, because everyone's like, oh, she's playing another song, uh, another show. Oh, well, she has another one this date. I'll just go to that one. Yeah. So it's like...
1: You got to be careful about yeah. Uh, oversaturating and yeah
2: so I'm like like tomorrow night I'm playing out in Hood River um yeah I'm just kind of uh, July is a really slow month just cause I am releasing the album and my parents are coming from New York so just just kind of like a little bit of reprieve before we release the album
1: yeah you enjoy the road though as far as playing yeah. shows in different yeah, cities this last every day
2: was, this last year was great um um gearing towards more house concerts cuz i do tour mostly as a duo yeah um so that works really well with that um i'm also like starting i've been doing a bunch of research on like different kind of stomp stomp pads or like porch boards to like implement like bass as well as like a drum or a kick drum cuz yeah carrying around a drum is just annoying Absolutely. when you're on tour <laughs> like yeah. a kick drum so
1: pretty um, gritty and and Haley Johnson seem to do a pretty good job with those yeah,
2: yeah, but I, I asked both of them yeah. like what do you guys use so
1: they um, seem to do do all right with those,
2: yeah, just a little little element that can it it adds a really cool like little flair to to the performance,
1: yeah, I think the technology seems like it's come along far enough where it doesn't sound like a MIDI drum, either mm. like some shitty <laughs> little lo-fi drum behind you yeah
2: oh the midi days <laughs> i used to have like a midi player that took floppy discs when i was in high school and um i would set it up and put it into the pa that i had and um i would sit in my room and just sing like i put like tracks of like no doubt and like a bunch of like music and just be in my room singing like dancing and singing <laughs> um yeah my brothers hated that because <laughs> it was loud but it was fun.
1: You find that, like, going on the road and playing in front of mostly strangers is, like, reaffirming to what you're doing as far as your craft? and.
2: Um, I mean, honestly, I, when I'm on tour, I'm just like, all right, where are we playing today? Oh, cool, let's play some songs. And, like, um, I think there's something about being out of your hometown that makes you instantly, like, intriguing and fresh like people are like oh i haven't heard you before yeah like and like i don't have to work as hard to be like listen to me you know like i can just be like oh i don't know i can be a little bit less performy if that's a word i just i'm just be like oh we're gonna play this song okay let's do it you know um i i really like being on tour just um one, I get to see a bunch of my friends. I meet really cool people when I'm out on tour. Um, and like, yeah, you just, you, you, you're you cultivating, like I a, a, a cultivate relationships. I meet more people, like musicians, when I'm out on tour than I really do like when I go out to shows here because it's like, I don't know, people are, I don't know what it is. I, I've like a little bit of social anxiety. So when I'm at a show here, like trying to like infiltrate into a group of people who are like already like a unit is like really intimidating because I don't really know what to say or like, you know, and the idea of just walking up and being like, Hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it like just sounds so dorky or like, I feel you. <laughs> yeah and whereas like on tour it's like you get more people who are like coming up to you so you don't have to like do that as much um and you're in a you're in like a place that you don't know so it's like you like no one knows anything about you yeah. so you can like say something dumb and not be worried that it's going to come back around if they see you again i mean definitely yeah
1: and you're, yeah you're usually out there Touring with Mark, who yeah. has been doing this for a long time. So yes. I'm sure he's pretty easy for the most part to travel along with and also has people to see in all these cities that you're going to yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. That's rad. Um yeah, I I appreciate your record, your new one quite a bit. Thanks. So I'm stoked for stoked you for folks to check it out.
2: Favorite track?
1: Favorite tracks. Have probably been mentioned.
2: Are ones that stuck in your head the most?
1: Well, definitely the uh, seems like forever okay. and stars to blame. But I'll be honest with you, that be still track what came out three four months ago, maybe mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. It was in right? December, I okay. think. Yeah. So I guess almost like six or seven months. Yeah. Ago. It's flying. It's been a while. It's flying by too. Yeah. Um, when I heard that track, I was it, real blown away. Yeah. And just felt like you had we're tapping into this next next level of of songwriting. So it's just cool to see the progression. It's it's actually hard to it'd be hard for me to pick against that song just because I think it's so strong and it's uh yeah, it's definitely an impactful one like that mm. that chorus line. It's just it's oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so huge. Um so
2: Actually I wrote that song when I was um I was reading a book all about mindfulness and meditation. And it's called Coming to Our Senses. And like I actually found um I found the lyrics like in an old work document. Like and I just started playing around with the words and then like I wrote the pre chorus and then the chorus um after. So it was like I have a lot of, like, just random Word documents where I might have, like, six lines on it. It's, like, random, like, almost like random scraps of paper where you just write random thoughts on. But, yeah, like, I was reading that book and kind of feeling, like, how I'm feeling now. Like, just, like, frustrated and...
1: um, Where do you feel like your frustrations in lie?
2: My frustrations just come from, like... Um, you know, like time, allocating time and like, you know, being, being kind to myself, like trying to like be like, oh, I got to get this done. I got this done and like not falling apart if it doesn't get done. And, um, just like trying to give myself some time to breathe and, um, just like stop thinking, um, so that's sort of like the idea behind that song and then like it kind of translates into the idea of the whole like be loud sentiment like um like be loud as like kind of own yourself you know in these various states of like you know i you know i go out to like i used to go out too much and like drink and then like do dumb things and then feel bad at my about myself and like Just kind of be like, okay, I did that thing. But, like, letting guilt go almost in a way. Um, So be loud with, like, you know, you have shame, you have guilt. Just, like, don't hide it or, like, get over it. Um, Or, like, ask somebody for help.
1: But that's hard.
0: (laughs) Ah, I know.
2: I know.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to recognize that there's a... that there's so, like, so much strength and weakness, I think. You know, and, and saying that you need help yeah. or something. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, it's hard to, yeah. And, and, yeah, everything you said definitely, like, resonates heavy. And it's, it's hard for me to personally, like, turn it off. Like, turn the mind off. It's like, I feel like I should be doing all these things. And then, like, yeah. the second I wake up, I have this idea that's you have a list. It's like, I want to set this show up. I want to do it like this. And then, and yeah, and then that list just continues on. Yeah. And uh, it is it is difficult to uh, know when to give yourself a break. And it's also just always super difficult to not be super hard on yourself about everything.
2: Yeah, you know, and people say all the time, you're your own worst critic. Yeah. And it's definitely true. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least, like, that's that's what I mean by, like, getting in my own way, like,
1: it's usually yourself. Like yeah. A, it, yeah, yeah. I, I
2: like, yeah. So that's what I've been battling with. I like, I just started writing this new song that um I think I'm, it's like, it's a very like Lady Gaga pop, straight pop tune. But like, it's going to be called Telling Myself No. And it's all about like, you know, instead of like, I'm doing the, I'm feeling these things. And I'm not letting, almost not letting myself feel them. I'm telling myself no. Like, I keep telling myself no, like, or like can't, I can't do this or I can't do that. And so, like, the idea behind the song is going to be like, you know, when I tell myself no, these are the things that happen. Like, start telling yourself yes in regards of, like you know, mental health, your, your your self-care, your ability to just, like, let loose and, like, let go of, like, these expectations that only you have placed on yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I get down with all that, and, like, the mindfulness <laughs> stuff is, is something that I'm always trying to learn more about, you know, and, like, that Power of Now book. I don't know if you've mm. yeah, I've heard gone of it. through that one, but... That Eckhart, one, yeah, et-tolle. Eckhart Tolle, yeah, and uh, yeah, that book definitely like, I don't know, it changed the game for me, you yeah, know? and it started making me realize that I can observe what I'm feeling sometimes and not necessarily have to like feel it from from a point where I have like I'm not seeing what's happening, you know? Yeah, I'm just like acting, you lose and,
2: sight of the emotion. Yeah, and it it's like kind of like that be still
1: thing you are talking about, you know? It's just like, just like, just just feel this thing like you don't have to say anything about it just have have it and process it and then like figure out what the next move is yeah yeah so yeah well i appreciate the hang yeah and just like talking about the music and like where it all comes from it's always i feel like it adds this next layer when you get a little insight on the person that is is creating something and hopefully gives people more of a reason to like attach to what you're doing, you know, other than the music just being super good.
2: Yeah, I just feel like in general there's like a lot of pop music that is there's it's being this whole idea, uh, this idea of being vulnerable and everything is is showing up in these pop songs, but it's getting usurped by other song pop songs that are like a little more, like, you know, come from a darker place. Um, like, people writing songs about, you know, these bitches or, like, you know, you know, treating women like crap or, like, women... You know, I just feel like there's a lot of songs that are very vulgar that come out that um, are sort of kind of taking over the more, like... Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I just, yeah, I
1: feel what you're saying. It's not like the things that are popular aren't necessarily empowering. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
2: But I think those songs come from the same point. It's come from the same space person writing them. It's just that they're taking the the easier way to get that out almost in a way like they're they're saying it this way instead of confronting those actual feelings—they're—they're almost—they're uh, sidestepping them. I mean, like I'm gonna say this because I don't want people to know I feel this.
1: I don't know. That's interesting. <laughs> All right, that's, that's cool. i i to have to pay more attention. I happening.
2: mean, I could be completely wrong. No, no,
1: I—I I, I think that, I think that's a super valid point. Like, and I think the thing that I always connect to most is when people are confronting like the things had head on and you know bearing bearing the soul that that becomes this undeniable thing to me yeah all the time you know and it's hard to uh it's hard to criticize that i think but
2: i mean adele was really good at saying like kind of luring you in with vulnerability um she's just really good at lyrically with saying that and i think there's you know, I'm sure there's plenty of artists that, are, that do that as well. Um, they kind of tell you exactly how they're feeling in a positive and um, creative creative way. That's not cliche in a way. Yeah. That just all rhymed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, we're going to play it out with uh, the other single that's been released, which is called My Dreams.
2: Before we do that. Yeah. July 26th. Oh, yeah. Mission Theater show, triple release show with Haley Johnson, myself, and Leo London. Of the um, domestics. The domestics, yes. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. And tickets are $10 if you buy them before the show. And they're $12 at the door. And uh, you should just go buy your tickets today. And... Uh, yeah shows at eight it's you all should, ages too
1: and you should be there be there don't miss it
2: be there be still listen to something that's going to be loud <laughs>
1: <laughs> tying it all in yeah <laughs> um what where does this my dreams jam come from
2: uh my dreams. so i wrote that song like so i have really crazy dreams sometimes and um that just kind of came from a place where I was like, what is going on with my head? Like a lot of our dreams, they say are, you know, do from like unresolved, like it's our subconscious trying to work out stuff. <laughs> and so that song's just kind of like, why are my dreams so mean to me? Um, when I'm supposed to be asleep at rest. Right. And then the other idea is like, you know, there's a line in the song that's like, my dreams won't quit. And so it's sort, of, it's sort of touching upon the idea that we all have dreams and, like, passions and that it's important to just, you know, keep pursuing them.
1: We have um, to deal with, like, all Regardless
2: that. of how much they try and, like, you know, knock down our confidence.
1: Yeah. It's the resistance of it all. I don't know. Uh, also, yeah, that connects heavy, too. I just have also, like ridiculous layered dreams that i just don't understand what's happening or why certain people are even there it's just like yeah i don't even know you really (laughs) i
2: had this crazy dream i don't know if you saw it. like this crazy dream the other day that was like i was what was i doing so i was in this space and i was in this land where like you couldn't hug people or show uh affection or like uh empathy so you couldn't be like, "Oh, it's okay." But the trade-off was that you could die as many times as you want, but every time you die, you lost that ability to empathize. And so Jesus. It, yeah, it was crazy. And so like my perspective changed from myself to my friend who like was like, "I'm going to give you one last hug," and then she left, she fled. And then my dream changed to like her perspective, and she's like outside of this world, and she's like above us looking down into this world and there's like this like cloud film over us. And she's like, I'm going to save those people from this like horrible idea. So she like punctures a hole into the, into the little film like layer. But when she does that, like it changes back to my point of view and I'm looking up and she's this giant and she just starts ripping houses apart and like setting things on fire. And in my head, I'm like, why did you leave to just be mean to everybody? It it was weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just don't understand what's happening when I'm sleeping. (laughs) Like the the things that are going on, I I'm just, it's most of the time. It's just like a psychedelic trip every night. Yeah. It's weird. I don't understand, but
2: I always try and write them down when I wake up. That's
1: solid. I wish I did more of that. I feel like most of the time I'm waking up and still trying to figure out if what happened actually happened Mm. because they're so vivid. And I, uh, it kind of, I don't know, there's some days where it just will ruin a morning for me. Yeah. I'm just like, why? What? What happened?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I have dreams where, like, I'll be, like, I'll confuse, like, did that happen? Or, like, I'll have, like, uh, something feels reminiscent. Like, I'm doing it in real life, but it feels reminiscent. Something I've already done. I forgot what the word of that is called.
1: It's like some deja vu deja shit. Deja vu, yeah. yeah.
2: So, like... I'll have deja vu of something that's happening now, but not remember if like that memory is from real life or from a dream.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It happens all the time. It's all in mind. Fuck Karen. That's that's, that's what it comes down to. But all you can do is be mindful and be still, as you said. Yeah. Um, We end every episode of the podcast with uh, the guest saying the tagline, and I know it's been 111 episodes later, so I'll remind you that that tagline is, it's a program. So if you give us a good, it's a program, we can sail this thing out.
2: All right. It's a program.
1: That's it. That's Karen Ann. She nailed it. Uh, Check out her new record when it drops. That's also the release day then, July 26th.
2: It'll be out July 26th. It'll be on... It'll actually be out the 27th on a Friday. That's the official release day, but you can come Thursday and get it early.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So check out Be Loud, the new record, and we're going to play it out with uh, a jam from that record, which is called uh, My Dreams. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Bye-bye.